0: Hello, and welcome to the very first Stage Free podcast. I'm April Angeletta, and I'm here with Mike Feely. Hi, April. Mike Cantor-Cervorst. It's a tough name.
1: <laughs> Michael cantor Um We got two Michaels, though, so.
2: We do. That'll be confusing.
1: you will be Michael one. I'll be Michael two. We'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> and then Chuck Perryman. Hi, everybody. So today, we just want to tell you all a little bit about Stage Free and help you get to know us a little bit better. So, Mike Feely, would you tell us a little bit more about Stage Free?
2: Sure. Um, We, uh, Michael Cantor-Kervors and I, have been talking about this type of organization for, you said it was six years? About six years. More than that now.
1: Since 2011. 2011 is when I think we started really talking about it, when we were in Pittsburgh studying at Carnegie Mellon together. Um, Just thinking about how could we put together concerts, concert experiences that were informal, personal, had really good relaxed interactions about the music. and We talked about it and we theorized for many years and over those years we came up with maybe two or three ideas for what to call it and then we met Chuck in April and then we started actually getting things done and I don't think that's a coincidence. going back to
3: pittsburgh what role did you want stage free to fill for that community
2: you know for me it's about creating a concert environment in which people who don't necessarily always come to concerts or get live performance experience would still feel comfortable in a concert setting Um, classical music coming to live classical music performances can be so full of ritual and rigid rigidity uh, and and it's sort of contrarian, I suppose, to what I think a concert often can be, and we wanted to try to create something that was a little more accessible to people that might not have degrees in music. Yeah.
3: Now, what do you mean by rituals and classical music concerts?
2: Well, you know, the, the sort of typical things about clapping in between movements or when to stand up and sit down and when it's okay to go get a drink at the bar. Um, so just yeah. creating a more of a comfortable atmosphere. Yeah, really.
1: interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about, um, I think, you know, we've got, in that sense, mixed feelings, because there's plenty of positive things to say about the traditional concert experience that I think all of us sort of have a lot of experience going to. Um, If you think about the traditional concert hall as it exists today, these are grand, almost temple-like settings, and that can be really conducive to sort of this solemn listening experience where you really kind of commune with the music and it's a very individual experience so you go to a big concert hall and it's anonymous in that sense because it's big but filled with people you don't know to your left and to your right and you're just kind of focusing and maybe closing your eyes and listening to the music around you Um, but again like Mike said Michael one (laughs) said um, if you're not sort of very familiar with those those concert s- customs or etiquette. Maybe you want to clap because you're moved but you realize nobody else is so you're not sure it gets awkward or yeah. the fact that by design these traditional concert programs tend to have a single intermission after 40 to 60 minutes of music followed by 40 to 70 minutes of music and it's a real mental marathon to stay locked in like that. Mm. Um, so coming back to stage free you know, we've got, I think, something going where there's a lot more conversation and interaction throughout the whole program, and it's much more relaxed, and there's no expectation or pressure around any set of rituals um, except for everybody kind of like to enjoy each other's company and the food and drink that we'd like to have yeah. spread out for everybody. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about
3: the first concert uh, that we had and what was different about that? Like, what what were you happy with as, as far as, like, Creating this sense of everybody
1: being on the same level and participating and feeling comfortable. It was in a living room, <clears throat> right, um, in Northwest DC, and we set things up in the living room. It was uh, not small, but definitely cozy. We had mm-hmm. over forty people come, and so it was definitely kind of uh, everybody close together.
0: Plus a piano taking up a lot of space. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Um, but what really stood out to me as effective and distinctive about this as a, as a, as a concert was the fact that we had music, some of the pieces were being performed, um, and on, on one side of the house, and then one piece was performed in another, and then another piece was performed somewhere else. I think there were a total of four different spots, Mm -hmm. some of them close together, but, Uh, between every piece the audience was kind of reorienting and figuring out where's the music going to come from next and that in and of itself just by design kind of puts you a little bit more on the edge of your seat um, which is fun but also makes you sort of aware of each other as audience members more because you're looking around you're not just fixed on the stage when you cast about to the next setting you're sort of also brushing shoulders and and chatting with the person next to you about what just happened and what's coming up Um, the other thing that stood out was um, one of our composers, Matt Matt Sampson, um, wrote something for the seaboard, um, which was an instrument that I think most most people had never heard or seen before. And so the ability to um, talk with Matt um, after and even I think I forget whether it was between as well, but you know certainly that evening about what is that thing, how does it work, what's the history, what's your involvement with it, how'd you come to write for it? Um, looks like a keyboard, but turns out it is actually not at all like a keyboard in some ways was a lot of fun for a lot of people so that was good
0: so mike and mike how (laughs) did you come up with the name stage free and why is that
2: important
1: we brainstormed a lot of different names
2: some are better than others
1: some are better than others (laughs) stage free in a sense self-explanatory i suppose it's it's not meant to primarily be a pun on cage free it really wasn't an in our heads at all. It was more about the fact that uh, we think the stage in a traditional concert setting can be a barrier. Um, It elevates the performer, um, whereas not having a stage puts us all more sort of in a common space and makes it easier to interact with each other. Um, So that's the premise behind the Mm -hmm. name.
2: Yeah, for me it's uh, the mechanism of performing music requires the performers to be in one location and the listeners to be somewhere else and I haven't quite figured out how to get around that I really I like the idea of playing with spatial performance like we did in 1.1 um, but and I think that's something that we'll explore in all of our venues is how to how to recreate the experience that listeners have while they're in the performance um, but for me the idea of stage free is also just the removal of that barrier that you mentioned the sort of figurative barrier uh, Making the connection between audience and performer uh, more, I guess, making them more connected.
1: Yeah, right? I think it shifts the awareness to somebody attending as an audience member to the fact that they're all active participants and and not sort of passive anonymous people, but um, really right right next to the the performer. And they're making the concert happen as much as anybody else.
2: So this was uh, stage Tree Was something that Michael other Michael and I have been talking about for quite a while, and as we mentioned earlier, nothing really came of it until we met Chuck and April and uh, brought them on board. Um, When you heard me talk about these sort of crazy ideas that Michael and I have been pontificating on for so long, uh, what convinced you that this might be something that you were actually interested (laughs) in? Yeah, I can't
3: exactly remember when we started talking about it or how you presented it to me, but what really made me want to get involved was things I was sort of going through as a composer too. And, um, I had also been like starting to write music for, uh, the banjo, which I did because a, I really wanted to learn it and you know, it's kind of tradition in my family to play it, but I also wanted to do it because it was kind of a non-traditional instrument. Like you don't expect classical composed music to come out of a banjo. And so when you were talking about stage three, that kind of aligned with what I was trying to do as a composer, you know? And so that was really appealing, and you know, frankly, I needed something to do. I was just very (laughs) excited about the concept and really knew that it was something I wanted to be involved in, so. How about for April, aside
2: being married to Chuck, what? (laughs) Yeah, what, you know, what are your thoughts? yeah,
0: I mean, I guess most of it comes from being the spouse of a composer. <laughs> and But also working for a large choir in D.C., knowing that when we're trying to fill a big concert hall, new music isn't what normally will fill the space with people. It's people wanting to hear things that they're familiar with. And so having a way to get new music out there in the DC area and also to feature more local composers is, I think it's just really great because it's, it's difficult to find ways to have your music performed and people who will perform it. I think it's really great to be part of an organization that makes that possible.
2: Me too. That really speaks to the second driving mission, I think, of our organization. The first being uh, trying to reimagine the concert experience, and the second really supporting new music, and especially music by local composers, local in the DMV, uh, and hiring local musicians to participate in the concerts.
1: Yeah, we've talked a bit about um, music so far, clearly aware of the classical tradition and... I think it's fair to say our approach to programming is to have a healthy blend of traditional classical repertoire, but also music written in the last 5, 10, 20, 30 years. That can be really exciting in a concert space, especially when you combine it with how we're reimagining the concert setting because you don't really know what you're going to get and there is something exciting and exhilarating about that unexpected aspect. So. Combine that with you're meeting great people in relaxed settings who are also on this adventure of sort of discovering something new for the first time. It's a great energy. So Mikes, uh, can you tell us a little bit about our upcoming concert?
2: Yeah, concert uh, 1.2, Witches, Bitches, and Boys. We are numbering our concerts. uh, 1.2, this is 1.2, the first number is the season number, so season one, and then point two, the the concert within that season. Uh, So season one, concert two, Witches, Bitches, and Boys. Uh, It's going to be a really interesting concert um, featuring mezzo-soprano Catherine Philly and pianist Thomas Hunter. Uh, Catherine put this recital together to feature the three character types into which opera singers, mezzo opera singers, have been uh, been uh, stereotyped: mm-hmm. so witches, bitches, and boys. Yeah. Um, it'll um, the repertoire will be music from the beginning of opera or toward the beginning of opera with Cavalli, uh, all the way through uh, an opera that was just written, finished about this month or last month, um, so really recent uh, by a local composer. Great. The con- the recital is uh, sort of 20th century heavy, uh, which is kind of nice, um, yeah. but it, it, it should be really great. So that is June 22nd uh, in Tacoma Park at the John Kendall Recital Hall at Potter Violins. Uh, the doors will open at 7 o'clock with a pre-concert reception. Music will start at 7.30 and there will be uh, breaks to drink and to talk and uh, sort of Create this environment that we've been talking about, breaking down the barrier between uh, between performers and, and audience members. Great, yeah, sounds fun. Uh,
3: so I want to talk a little bit about the community that supports Stage Free. Why is why is a community important for an organization like this?
2: Well, you know, we are trying to build something that is more than just a performing arts organization. Uh, we believe so strongly in the power of what we're of music and the power of supporting new music and local artists um, and just what it can do for culture in Washington uh, that building a community in which everyone is an active member either performing or attending or or participating in some other way is uh, really essential um, an essential part of the experience that we're trying to to create.
1: We don't have a single venue where we perform and our growing community helps identify where we perform next or where might be good to perform in the future that's one really important way that community members help make stage free happen as an organization so maybe somebody comes to a concert and says i'd like to host one of these i have a living room how can i get how can i help host this and then we strike up a conversation and then Um, work with that person to put on a concert that works well for what they want as well their vision as a host is going to be part of how we put something together what they want what they don't want Um, whether they have a piano or not we can program in different ways but somebody says you know I I want to host something then that's 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 great Um, also very practically um, anybody who is generous to give funds will enable us to pay the musicians that's an important principle that we want to stand by is not take the, uh, the these talented musicians and composers time for granted they put a lot of work into it and we want to be able to compensate them for that um, and so people who give money can help us pay those um, people for their time.
2: This is a professional organization uh, and the the people that we engage to perform and to write music have dedicated their lives to this, and it's it really is our obligation to help support them. And that's what we're all about. Building community doesn't only mean putting on concerts and inviting people to come have a good time. That is a big part of it, but part of it also is supporting the local musical community uh, by engaging our musicians professionally.
1: To bring it to a point, uh, at the end of the day, what it really boils down to for everybody is to come show up, enjoy the party, enjoy the music, enjoy mm-hmm. the drinks, and enjoy the conversation, ask questions, um, and have a good time. I think that we talk about, like, it's not just we put on music, we're thinking as composers and performers, and then we run through the program, and then that's it. Uh, without people coming and actively sort of, and participating in the experience, asking questions, it's not really a concert, so that's that's really the big thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so let's wrap up um, a little bit and talk about uh, this podcast series and and what we want to do with it.
2: Part of it for me is educational. We are trying to break down uh, the barrier that some people who don't often come to concerts or come to particularly new music concerts experience when they come into a hall and they don't understand what they're listening to. Um, So a lot of what we do with this podcast will be featuring the music uh, on upcoming performances if uh, if we have composers that are available to come in and record the podcasts with us or the performers um, so it's really about getting information about what we're doing uh, to the people who are going to be in the venue listening to the listening to the performance
1: So uh, another way of thinking about this is you know when you go to a traditional classical concert and you've got these paper programs with all the program notes yes it gives you a lot of information <laughs> About the music you're listening to And you're kind of reading about it While listening to it Or maybe afterward Um, But thinking about this podcast series All that content that you'd see In a traditional concert program About the music We're talking about it We're hearing from the composers And the performers about it beforehand um, And then you can sort of listen to it at any time Because it's accessible sort of online Through this podcast And that's kind of part of part of the philosophy here
2: this podcast is really geared toward members of our community. Uh, we want to talk about things that are interests that our our community is interested in, whether it's our events or local new music happenings in Washington. Um, so it's it won't be a regular release, uh, but just sort of when we have something to say or when we have a concert coming up, uh, we'll we'll create a podcast about it.
3: Yeah, can community members submit topics that they want to talk please? Hear us about?
2: Yeah, please do. How do they do that? Oh, through the website. Yeah, anytime you want to get in touch with us, you can visit stagefree.org. Uh, there's a contact us page with a little form that you fill out and comes right to uh, the email that we all share. So we'll get it probably immediately. Um, and we would love any suggestions, any comments, uh, any anything. Like we keep saying, the, the members of our community are what drive uh, us as an organization. So without those comments, we would be sort of going without a map. Yeah. So please participate and send us comments and ideas.
3: Great. And uh, can you tell us a little, a little bit about uh, what we can look forward to in the next podcast?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mentioned uh, 1.2 Witches, Bitches, and Boys is coming up on June 22nd. Uh, the next podcast will be recording uh, features that recital. Uh, so Catherine Philly, the mezzo will be here with us, uh, as will hopefully uh, the composers, uh, Matthew Arling Sampson and Michael Overhauser, add another Michael to the mix. Um, even more confusing, even more confusing. Uh, <laughs> After that in August uh, We'll be uh, announcing our season 2 uh, By podcast At least that's the plan um, And then in the next season We'll uh, release podcasts for each of the uh, Concerts that we put on uh, And hopefully a couple other to punctuate the season With um, uh, other exciting things Going on in Washington Or things that we're interested in Or topics that you uh, ask us to talk about
1: We look forward to hearing from everybody. Thanks for listening and let us know what's on your minds. Let's strike up a conversation.
2: Great. And hopefully we'll see you at 1.2 in June.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to the very first Stage Free podcast with me, Mike, Mike, and Chuck. And we hope we'll see you at our next concert or hear from you online at stagefree.org.